Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Hey-o. Funbox Monster Podcast. I'm Tristan. I am Matt Awkward. And today we're going to be talking about the Joe Piscopo vehicle, Dead Heat. Uh, Joe. Joe is the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, he he tries his damnedest in this. He poses quite a bit in this movie. And makes goofy faces mm. that I like. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and drums on the dashboard. <laughs> yeah, this is an amazing movie. This is like... This is one of those movies that you can't... I can't conceive of how someone gave them money to make this oh, movie. Yeah. I'm certainly glad they did. Like, I'm absolutely stoked that they got the money for this thing, but holy crap. I was turned on this by my buddy Matt when I was in college, and uh, I had never heard of it. Really? And he was just like, yeah, this cop, and he comes back, and I was like, that sounds crazy. He's like, it is. (laughs) And we watched it together, and holy shit. Thanks to constantly reading Fangoria as a lad, I was like, when this came out, I was sold, like 100% (laughs) on board. I was like waiting for this to hit video. The, um... I don't know what the DVD cover looks like. Oh, the DVD cover actually has a like zombie hand, I think. But the, the VHS release of this, it does not look like a nope. zombie action horror by any means. I think that it failed so badly in the theater that they were like, maybe Package if we make as it, an action movie? Yeah, maybe we just make it look like, I don't know, lethal I mean, if weapon. Re- if you read the back of the box, it, it tells you that it is that kind of movie. Yeah. But just looking at the cover, you just got Joe and Treat with guns as an ambulance crashing. It just looks like an action movie. Yeah, it. it <laughs> so it's a very bizarre. So it's definitely something that, you know, probably just a lot of people missed in the past because they're looking for horror movies or looking yeah. for crazy weird shit, and this does not look like it. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I also like to think that I, I, I also like to think that a lot of people wanted a lethal weapon type movie and rented this and I got home and they're love like, that what? idea. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the people that were looking for another Die Hard and got uh, Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Which uh, is awesome. I dated a girl who uh, Hudson Hawk was her favorite movie in the world. In the world. It's good stuff. That, to me, is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra Bernhardt is great in that movie. Oh, everybody's great in that movie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I actually like Hudson Hawk, too. It got, All right, so it got we're talking about a, Hudson Hawk here. It's such a bad rap. It does, but it's great. Uh, anyway, okay, so. All the henchmen named after candy bars. <laughs> Uh, off the hawk. Yep, it was just about him looking for an espresso, yeah. a whole, the whole, or a cappuccino or something. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, so Dead Heat. All right, we got this this movie. It's called Dead Heat. <laughs> I saw your first note there. My first note is that there's a helicopter shot of the city. Sick. <laughs> Sick. So we we cut from there to these dudes in their car. That are they straight up look like like bondage versions of the Bugle Boys from the Donald Duck cartoon? Like they have leather masks. They straight up look like any character from like Final Fight or Streets of Rage. Totally, that you just <laughs> yeah. Like there's like fifteen like of 50 them. Fifty of them, they all look the same. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. These guys are disposable henchmen, but they're they are impressively cartoony. Like they look yeah. like they are makeup effects. Their faces do not look like human faces. Yeah, it's very odd. But I I think they're probably that, in the deterioration process that treat later goes through. Yeah, I think it's just. But I think that's just like makeup, not like prosthetics. I don't think they're wearing like a prosthetic no, face they or just anything. Look, they look grungy. Yeah, dirty. they they look they look odd. Already. They don't and look like people that should belong in a jewelry store. You know what? They shouldn't be in this jewelry store. <laughs> I don't think they're up to any good whatsoever. Um, so they show up. They've got these gigantic Uzis, too. I love when they put them in their pants later on. It looks so ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Things, things you can't tell if it's a joke or not. Like, I yeah. can't tell if that's making a joke or it's just 
this movie is full of things where you do not know if they're yeah. making a joke. Um, th- the thing that I had here was like, what was the point of this robbery? Why are first off just I mean, it's going to spoil all the rest of it, but whatever. People have seen it. Why are they robbing stores to make the body dock money? I think. But there's already this plan in place to take. Why would you want to do a $50,000 robbery when you're about to take the fortunes of, you know, Forbes 500's top 10 people, take half of their money? You're literally talking about, you know, $20 billion as opposed to, you know, like $500,000. But that was Laudermilk's scheme. Body, Body Doc was making these... I think Body Dog was making these zombies for his own personal gain. Remember, okay, remember so whose machine is this? It is Loudermilk's, I think. Okay, so... Uh, but I think Body Dog's using it on the side. Oh. And Body, and Body Dog, when he gets confronted by Treat near the end, uh, he asks for his diamond ring back. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he had his zombie henchman, like, give me my... I think it's just his, like... Yeah. His greed. It's, it's I think his, all it's his side hustle. I mean, it's never fully explained. Because yeah. it makes no sense. Because they're basically exposing the whole plot that, like, for for a relatively small amount of money, they're exposing exposing this plot that stands to make them literally billions of dollars. Yes, but if we and putting themselves anything, in danger, rich people never have enough. <laughs> that is a good point. That is a that is a thing I have learned from the real world. How much is enough, guys? Uh. The half the fortunes of the ten richest people on earth that apparently. all conveniently live in that area. Yeah, <laughs> and one of them runs a restaurant, <laughs> a very lucrative restaurant. Uh, so, uh, our we're introduced to our two cops, Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo. Uh, Treat is in a suit and tie, so he's clearly the straight laced one. They don't communicate well. <laughs> no, but there's also uh, but. They definitely communicate what their personality types yes. are like very quickly. Uh, <laughs> Joe Piscopo is clearly the the loose cannon uh, of the you know. He's the wild card. He's the wild card. <laughs> he's uh, he's drumming on the on the dashboard to this terrible music that they're listening oh to. My, it's so terrible. He's like eating a hot dog with one hand, like smearing shit the, everywhere. The, the, the music reminds me of like 8-bit Nintendo games. It's yeah. like this cheese ball loop. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just going to town on it. And I love when he looks, at the, ca- I love when he looks at the camera though when he's just he's got that goofy face and he's just pounding on it. I wonder what the director thought of Piscopo. I wonder if he was like I'm happy with this performance. Or I think it's great. You don't like it? <laughs> uh, definitely the jokes don't land. I mean do you think they landed in the 80s? Yeah, they land now. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Joe is not playing Top Gun on NES, dude. He is landing every joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, agree to disagree. <laughs> I love you, Piscopo. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, so, okay. They get a call for a, for a break-in at this jewelry store. So, they're brought to the scene. And we have them encountering our, our zombies for the first time. Now, this is one of those movies that could be kind of like from Dust Till Dawn, where it yep. starts off as just a straight up cop and does yeah. a. But this one just takes a turn fast yeah, by introducing the invincible that. criminals. Yep. You don't dilly dally around. Nope. It does not stay a straight laced action buddy cop movie for long. <laughs> because once they go to stop this robbery, uh, they can't take these guys down. No matter how many times they shoot them. They just won't stop. And I just have a little bit of a problem here because I don't feel they use enough squibs in this scene. 
to shoot the uh, the baddies because like you got fifty cops all unloading on these baddies <laughs> and they they should be looking like the guy in RoboCop yeah. who was shot by yeah, Ed, yeah. but they don't. They just they have barely any shots on them and they're all complaining like we can't take these guys down. Yeah, I. It, that's kind of, in this movie. You nails see that like, in a lot of movies, though. But this movie nails like a lot. Squibs. There's a lot of squibs throughout this movie, and a lot of people you see getting shot. Especially this Treat movie. Williams. Oh yeah, and it looks great. Yeah. But for some reason, they just they and cheaped out on these guys. And it's weird because it's so easy because you don't need blood packs mm-hmm. because the whole point is that they don't bleed. So like you oh. can just have them have them just exploding. Oh, because like when he maybe cu- that's why you don't see all. Because may- when he cuts I'm himself, the- he's like oh. They yeah. wouldn't be. They wouldn't be exploding blood. No, they'd just I'm be exploding idiot. like little things. Would just be going. Nah, you can take all that out to so I don't sound stupid. Yeah, but still, it looks great when they can't take him down. No, but I mean, I agree with you that I feel like there aren't enough explosions. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not the blood; it's more the fact that there aren't as many hits. But I feel better about it now that they shouldn't be bleeding. And they break that rule like the first time Treat Williams gets shot too. He bleeds the first time he gets shot. So there's there's a little bit of like, oops. Oh, they did. Yeah. So and that's after he cut himself too. Yeah. After gonna, he cut was, himself, nothing bleeds. I was gonna try to make this like, well, he, he's still fresh. <laughs> he is not fresh at that point. Um, he already got sparkle cutted. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, oh, this was a this was another line that I was curious about. What do you think this was about? They were like, how much do you think is here? Too much. Leave it. <laughs> You're there to steal jewelry. Yeah. Just fucking steal jewelry. How much is too much? Like, oh, I've got a 20-pound bag now instead of a 15. Yeah, okay. It I just, mean, there's only so much jewelry in those display cases. It was just Unless kind of a nonsense about going to the, the vault. Yeah. That must have been it. Okay, so. Uh, Treat Williams goes... Rogue. <laughs> he goes rogue. Uh, he steals one of the fellow officers' cars, his uh, big ass like boat mobile, and just pins one of the guys into a car. And that stunt work looked great. Whoa! It yeah. looked like that guy got straight up taken out. And we also had one of my favorite '80s tropes too. Uh, before that guy got taken out by a treat, the other bad what? guy went to pull a grenade, and Joe shot him in the hand, so he dropped the grenade. <laughs> he just looks at it, and he's like, "Uh oh." <laughs> And then explodes, yeah. I feel like that happened a lot back in the day. That was a very 80s thing like to have a, a, a grenade landed by somebody that looked at it, and they're like, oh, Uh-oh. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think, like, it's so funny when you think of things like that, because they're like, I know I've seen that gag so many oh, times. I can't name, can't, times. can't name one other movie, but it always happened. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like mimes. Mime, mimes were in movies a bunch back in the day. Yeah. Everybody was pushing mimes over and shit. Yeah. You don't see that anymore. That's a real shame. So, <laughs> so in a in a real twist from all of these types of movies, we get to the chief, and he's not happy about the destruction. That oh, is the caused. chief mad and yelling at them? You know what? They're all loose cannons, and he's going to have their badge. That's different. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, so he's quite put out. Uh, this this chief, he says that they're endangering property and lives. Plus, they have a bunch of outstanding parking tickets. Yes. My goodness. Okay. Which, which plays a little fun joke later on. Yes. Uh, so, more Piscopo quips. Lots and lots of those. And uh, they go into another room and basically explain that there have been six robberies in three weeks in a nine-block radius. And so, again, he's just being unbelievably reckless. It's all, like, located in this thing. It's like he wants to be caught. Yeah. It's kind of kind of foolish. But, whatever. 
Um, so, and it's going to come to a time where they're just like today, where they got stopped. Yeah, your tracks are going to lead back to you. Yeah, it, yeah. You have some super soldiers, but they're just dumb thugs with guns. Eventually, they're going to get their tires popped and run out of bullets. And, and they're popped. also going to kill a bunch of police officers, and then that's going to cause a lot of investigation. That's also bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they do they do kind of uh, blow it here. Um, and we have this great scene of Piscopo like shooting darts, but every time he comes back to sit down, his arms are like literally oiled up and he's like flexing, <laughs> yeah. like, which will return a lot in this. He like sticks his chest out. He like walks. Hey, if you like, got it flaunted. I, I mean, absolutely. I love you, Piscopo. The guy is ripped. He looks great. Um, <laughs> so they get called to the morgue and uh, Doug, who is Piscopo. Piscopo. Uh, asked Roger, who is Treat Williams, uh, if he ever thinks about his death day. And so we get this little this little thing that returns at the end. It's such a stupid stoner aside. Like, it is. What it's if a- you knew like the day you were going to die? <laughs> and you could like plan a party. You could do like a death day party. You could get totally ripped and get like a girl. <laughs> get a stoner. girl or two. Or, or get three. Who cares? You're going to die, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. And so we get into the coroner's office and find out that Roger was in a relationship with the coroner. But he was too dedicated to his job to make it work. Oh, man. He's a tough cop. He is. He won't even stop when he's dead. No. So the coroner shows them the body, totally bullet riddled. And then she's like, and also I noticed this weird thing. An autopsy scar. (laughs) (laughs) And she kind of says it like it's an afterthought, which is hilarious. Um, And then she's like, and I took photos of them. They were here before. I actually did their autopsy prior to this. Um, I never forget a body. Yeah. And so (laughs) she knows that they're dead. And then Dr. McNabb walks in, played by Darren McGavin of uh, Kolchak fame. And he's like, "Eh, we all make mistakes. Eh, You probably just probably just screwed up. (laughs) <laughs> they were they were probably fine. You probably cut open their chests, took out all their organs, weighed them, and then uh, and then put them back in, and uh, they walked away. That's probably fine. So that's not suspicious at all. I just like he accuses Treat later on with no heartbeat. <laughs> He's faking it. He's faking it. <laughs> that was great. Um, th- there's another one here. Um, is there a frozen fish tank in her office? There is because they don't die and they're easy to take care of. So she, they're just as pretty. And they don't die, apparently. But I mean, like, legitimately frozen. I don't know about frozen. Because it, like, had, like, ice crystals on the side. Or was that supposed to look like it was a frozen fish tank? Yeah, I don't think it was was ice-cooled or anything. I think it was just a plastic model fish tank. I thought this was uh, some sort of cryo thing that they were trying to hint at. They were like, ah, you know, cryostasis, something that was going to come up later, and then... Yeah, Nope, you're just reading way too much into it. That was just fish tank. However, this movie does have a... uh, Fixation. A strong fish tank motif. Yes. There's yeah. There's that one. There's the one that gets shot later on, and then the one where we find Duggan later on yep. too. Yeah. So this director just loved fish tanks. <laughs> it's L.A. They or I wonder if it was tanks. like a producer thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the cut of the movie. It just needs more fish it needs tanks. More fish tanks. <laughs> Can you guys. add more fish tanks into this? Guys, more fish tanks. Yeah, you got the monies. <laughs> <laughs> so she finds that there's a weird drug on the skin of both of them, and it's. Not normal. It's something that only a few Prevents places use. Decomposition. Yeah, it's a, it's like an antibacterial thing. Sure. And so they go to a to they find out that a local pharmacy company bought fifty gallons of it. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're called Dente Pharmaceuticals too, which is also helpful. 
So, uh, so they go to Dante Pharmaceuticals to meet uh, to meet up with someone and find out what the hell's going on with all these reanimated corpses, and uh, they have to go through the secretary who's waiting in the lobby. Another and, '80s trope. Yeah, except it's like this is a trope for Night Watchmen Night because they're by themselves. Yep. This guy is in the middle of the day reading a penthouse. 1989 with Samantha Fox. I have the issue desk. <laughs> I've, I've been, I've like been too much. I've been making it a fun game to find the actual magazines that people like this are reading in movies and pair them up with the tape. So I that's amazing. It's on my Instagram for a while ago. I've got this issue <laughs> paired with that heat, oh, and man. he doesn't even give a shit, man. They come up to the desk and he's just reading this penthouse. He doesn't care. He's reading it later on. Like you think you, well, or yeah. at least put like a freaking Newsweek on the front of it so you don't look like a skeezoid. <laughs> Says the guy who just goes, I've got this issue. Right, exactly. <laughs> but we later find out that kind of the reason is because he's mostly just a hired murderer and not really so much a, a desk jockey. Because pretty much he hears a gunshot and instantly his first move is to kill the first cop he sees. <laughs> That's true. Like, I do have some questions about other cops later on in the movie. We'll get there. Sure. Um, it right. is true. He's like, oh shit, there's a gunshot somewhere. There's a cop. <laughs> hey, a cop. I should shoot him. Why not? Hmm. <laughs> Okay, so he eventually they eventually get through his his porno reading and actually <laughs> get him to call in the PR lady, Randy. Randy James. Why? Why Randy James? Why is it? I mean, it's got to be a James Randy thing, but I don't. Who's James Randy? James Randy, famous magician, known debunker of psychic phenomena. Well, is it a name? I mean, do you think it is a pun to the name? Because we didn't we failed to mention so far that. Treat's name is Roger Mortis, so and I don't even need to explain that. There's got to be some reason for the James Randy thing. I can't imagine what it is, but I mean, it's even spelled the same. So mm-hmm. it's like it's a weird spelling. So you'd think the Amazing Randy is what he went by, but uh, whatever. I think you're again reading too much. Maybe into I'm nothing. reading. Maybe I'm reading too much yeah. into it. And Roger Mortis. Just a random name. Yep, random. Totally random. <laughs> so she's attractive, and uh, so Joe is totally smitten. And he makes a bunch of quips and she just kind of goes, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. They take the tour uh, and they, you know, they're like "Eh, bathroom, conference room, asphyxiation room. Uh, There's the uh, (laughs) meeting room number two. Oh, you want to know more about the asphyxiation room? Oh, uh, I thought every house had one. It's just our asphyxiation. (laughs) It's just where we keep our asphyxiation. Um, Yeah, so they show him this room. It seems uh, a crazy addition to have. Um, (laughs) I don't know about it's for putting down animals. Its, and it's location got, is insane, and it's got two giant turbines, kind of suckers on each side that I guess suck all the air out of the room and create a super vacuum. Yep. And the animal doesn't even feel it. They say, but we literally watch Roger <laughs> writhing in pain as he gets killed by it. Um, so, yeah. But like I, again, I don't know much about putting down animals, but it's just a shot usually, right? What, why do they have this giant ass? <laughs> Air chamber room built for this. You know what? That I, has this massive control switch behind a two-way mirror. What do all those buttons do? What could any of those buttons possibly do? Just, uh, this button slightly kills. This button almost kills. <laughs> oh, shit. It was set to snake. That's not going to kill this guy. Um, <laughs> so, Oh, here's a button cop. Beep. <laughs> right. There it is. I found the, <laughs> found the police officer button. 
So Joe excuses himself to go pee-pee, and he walks around like dice clay, like the whole fucking time. Oh, yeah. Shoulders just <laughs> slamming back and forth, like, hey, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's around to see him. He's trying to be subtle, and he's still walking like dice clay everywhere he goes. Um, and but, he does one of those cheesy, like, just stick a card in the card reader and make it spark and somehow open up the secret door. He just has this, yeah, he just has his visitor's badge. And so he's like, he goes to the no admission room that looks suspicious. And he's like, I don't know. I bet if I put this in the magnetic reader, the magnets will explode and let me in. Which he I, was right. And you know what? Fuck me. <laughs> Turns out he was right. Um, I guess I'm the idiot. Uh, so <laughs> obviously you don't sneak around in pharmaceutical companies often. Yeah. So he gets in and he finds like a big, crazy HR Giger, like monstrous table set up. Looks like, the, you know, it looks cool. Yeah. It's, it's like straight it's out nice of set straight design. out of yeah. aliens, like very, very cool set design. Um, and you're like, hey, this doesn't look like a pill manufacturing <laughs> machine. <laughs> so he goes up to it. It's got a table inside it. And he's like, hmm, what's this? And pulls a sheet off it and laying on the table, just ready to come back from the dead for no reason. He is a giant two faced biker. It's like two or three faces. Yeah. It's a few faces. This part makes no sense to me. There's the, I face, mean, the face looks it reminds me of um, Ernest Scared Stupid. With the multi nose <laughs> troll, like, but in this movie they're bringing back criminals or yeah. bringing back just people bodies. Yep. You know what I mean? This thing is a straight up mutant. It is a monster. It's humongous. It's got this weird face with like two or three noses stitched yep. together, and it it doesn't speak. I mean, everybody else brought back their yep. sensible people. Like this is a renegade beast creature. Like, and where also, did this come from? Also, they need to be told what to do. I don't know if that's true because they mentioned that uh, oh. Joe was brain dead too long. So now he needs to be told or it's like now he's disobedient and brain dead. Oh, okay. So, well, I mean, wouldn't they just come back as themselves just as people? Yes, that's and what that's, they do. But so, this guy comes back as as, as an ogre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's yeah. a straight up orc. And also he's they don't resurrect him unless they just told him unless they were like, OK, you stay you here. You stay hidden under the cover stay. until this guy fakes to go to the bathroom and opens up the secret door with this visitor patch and, and pulls a sheet off you. Then you pop up and go. Then, then you pop up, go then kill him and <laughs> shove his friend into the thing. Oh, my God. And maybe. You know what? <laughs> it's but I mean, a plan. But in this movie, it works. And it sets oh, up, it a, it sets yeah, up yeah. a fun, a, it's a a fun fight scene. Yeah. Yep. Despite the fact that we never find out why they have a beast creature orc that looks like he's dressed like a biker. Yeah, nope. There's no, there's no explanation Giant beer for that. belly. He looks amazing. I thought he was a Screaming Mad George monster. Like, I just assumed that that was yeah. Screaming Mad George, and I found out that it was this guy. This other dude. Is it, what is his name? Dave Johnson? It's I not think? George. Yeah, it's some other dude who uh, does an amazing job with these effects. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah, oh, they're so good. This movie, the effects are just phenomenal, and his other the when other what, stuff when that what's he her, did. What's her nuts falls apart. Holy her shit. first melt yeah. when the side oh, the of face her face oof, like when she has her normal human like regular lady yeah, yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. That is maybe one of the best effects I've it's ever incredible. seen. Period. It looks perfect, 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 perfect. And then the skull looks as bad as anything I've ever seen. Yeah, Why they did that composite video effect, I will never know. No. Never understand. It's so too bad. It's one of those puzzling effects where you watch it. You've got to be who okayed that? Like, why would you think? That? I mean, in the eighties, maybe they were like, "Oh, it's okay." <laughs> I 
It's not. It wasn't. The the thing is, it was not okay. How did you go through like the most incredible effects sequence and then top it off with that cheese ball? I shit? just can't imagine how pissed the effects department must have been when they said, "Oh, it's cool." The skull looked great once the, the fake skin was gone because it wasn't there. It wasn't yeah, yeah. their move. That was all the that was the editing department's yep. deal. Yeah, Boo. We'll get there. Oh well. Uh, anyway, because we already talked about it. <laughs> True. <laughs> So they're going through this big fight scene where he's just like beating the crap out of this guy. And then Roger gets behind the monster and gets slammed into the asphyxiation room. Joe Uh, gets slammed against the button, shutting the asphyxiation room. Okay, now here's two things that I'm going to say. Just if you're thinking of installing an asphyxiation room in your home. A... I would suggest a key lock so that you just, you know, you don't want like neighborhood kids getting into your asphyxiation room. No, unless they're shitty kids. Well, unless they're bad kids. And uh, I would also suggest that maybe since you're wheeling animals in cages into the room to be killed just in case someone gets in there and the door closes, maybe an emergency exit slash shutdown. Just just a suggestion. Just a safety latch. Even your car trunk Uh, has one. (laughs) Just something. They are... This is willy nilly with the security. I, I give them, I give them a D minus in in their security for this asphyxiation room. Um, But he does get in there. It closes, and then a mysterious Doctor Claw hand, like in the back room, I've got you this time. Gadget. (laughs) He flips the, he flips the kill police officer (laughs) buttons, and uh, it does. It in fact does kill Roger. Now this part. One part here bugs me here. Uh, he's in there. Uh, <laughs> Joe beats the ogre to death with a uh, mm-hmm. uh, fire extinguisher. We never see the ogre again. Nope. Treat's locked up in the thing. <laughs> the security guard from the first part comes out shooting again, and he gets taken down yep. by Joe. Um, so And so Joe's gun's on the ground. Treat's gun's on the ground. Mm-hmm. He just popped out that security guard, dropping his gun. Okay. And then Piscopo just tries to break the window with his elbow trying to save Roger. There are three guns in that room that are mostly loaded. Yeah, and it's a stressful thing. He did sure. You could possibly forget. I just don't think you'd forget that you've got three firearms right there and you're trying to break glass with your elbow. I would have to agree with you. I know you've got nice arms, Joe, and you really want to show off your strength, but... They were such buddy, strong hands. Buddy, time and place. The, the, the little man in the asphyxiation room, he got away. Oh... So sad. No, oh, well. So I just never thought about that until watching it for this viewing. Like, damn. That is a good point. And, and they could have fixed it too by in the uh, uh, later on when he's in the asphyxiation chamber with mm-hmm. the dead body. He's just like, oh, I just wish I could get that door open on time. Like, yeah. Why? I just I should have grabbed a gun. Like, yeah. All you had to do was add that line. Yeah. Oh well. Dumb. And also, also another confusing part of this is that there are cops now swarming all over the building after this thing. They're everywhere. They and everywhere except in the asphyxiation room and when they take Roger to the reanimation They machine. have left Roger. They've left his body alone in the asphyxiation room. He hasn't been put on a gurney. He hasn't been put anywhere. They haven't touched a damn thing. They don't even explain how they got him into the other room. <clears throat> Luckily, it was right down the hall. Yeah. So, like, they did not have far to go. Uh, but they did get him there. So, our our next thing is that we... Uh, this is where this movie just... It, I love it, but it's so stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. just like, oh, we found a machine. Oh, dick, 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 dick. oh, I guess this is how they're bringing people back to life. Look. 
beep, 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 beep. Somebody's entered in that Roger Moore has died. And they're just she like, did. beep, 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 beep. No, Put him on the thing. It. She, she typed that? She typed his name. I thought she name. typed his name and it did a search query and told her that. Oh, I thought that she typed in his name and then typed in that he died of asphyxiation. Oh, that's, a, that's how you use a reanimation machine. <laughs> It's like you do, just type this into the DOS do, program, do, 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 and it's do. like, oh, okay. Jonathan, do, 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 drowning, oh. do, 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 enter. <laughs> and what if she'd said stabbing? What would have happened to him? Oh man, hmm. I don't even want to think about it. Either, Either way. way, when you find a re- <laughs> when you find a machine, and you're like, that regenerates dead people. You instantly put your dead friend on it. Yes, you do. Because but, in most movies, when people bring dead people back, it it comes out good. Yeah. You know what? In this one, it came out as good as it possibly could. Yes. This actually is the test case that makes me say, if I was in a, let's say, a pet cemetery situation, mm-hmm. I might go for it. Yeah. Based on dead heat, I might go for it. That's <laughs> you know, all I'm saying. This isn't going to work out right, right? Hey, man, I'm going with dead heat logic, I not think, pet cemetery I'm, logic. Listen, I think it's I dead think heat. I think I'm in the right. <laughs> you know, there's a dead heat for every pet cemetery. You didn't see no Joe Piscopo in pet cemetery or the remake. <laughs> Oof, woof. All right, so let's see. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> she sees the magic table. She figures out how to operate it in about 45 seconds. And they're like, cool, let's play God. So they're like, all right, we're playing God. They throw him on the table. He goes, <laughs> there's little little plastic tubes all around it him. It looked really neat. It was like, like that's a it, cool it idea. It reminded me of those uh, pin things yeah. with a thousand metal pins, and you put your hand to make that shape. Yeah. Those all go around his body. Yeah. And and he's electrocuted. He comes out, feels great. He's like, "Hi guys." He's like, "What a miss." How do you feel? I I don't know. I feel really good. I feel great. Um, and so he explains his out of body experience going towards the light, and they tried to touch his body, and it was like he was shocked with a hundred thousand <laughs> volts. Um, and then she opens up his shirt, puts a stethoscope on his heart. No heartbeat. Yep. You know why? He did. Because he did. Oh, he uh, did. And she's like, oh, you're you're so cold. She touches his hand and uh, and he jerks away. And this <laughs> is like, such, such a setup. Can you imagine if this happened with as much frequency in human life that people just like cut the arteries he on just, their hands? He just accidentally twitches his hand, breaks a jar, cuts the <laughs> arteries clean through his wrist. And his wrist just sparkles. It doesn't bleed or anything. It kind of shimmers for a little bit. Yep. And then it's just kind of black. Yep. And so I, for some reason, yeah, did, whatever magic. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that he's going to, she comes up to him and she's like, well, I did some, I did some quick research. She does really, <laughs> she, she researches things so quick yeah. and, um, figures she, out things oh so quick. God. Like if she was the one in charge of this Frankenstein project, she should be, everybody would be alive and well. Yeah. Like, she should have been the person in charge of this So thing. she just figured out how to use a reanimation machine. She just discovered two Seconds, minutes ago. And then, somehow, how and then somehow found a flaw in the reanimation process, which is going to make them degrade. Or maybe it's not even so much a flaw. It's just dead how things it, decompose. Yeah. And you're dead. And well, I, don't know, I don't think so, because... He's gonna be a pile of goo. Oh, that's right. They melt. Like he's not. He's not. He's not decaying. He is literally going to degrade into yeah, like that's right. an organic puddle. So that's that's considerably worse. Um, so twelve hours. He's gonna be a puddle of goo. Um, and he's like, well, I could have my death day party and go enjoy my life, or I could go find the person that did this to me. 
Either way, he takes it extremely well. He does. He really. <laughs> I mean. He gets his breakdown a little bit later yeah, in the library. It, but. Six hours later, he has his nervous breakdown. But Oh, fuck. I'm dead. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so they go looking for the, for the woman who was the PR person. They're going to go find her at her house. Yep. And she is trying to make a quick getaway. Yeah. But first, they have to go. They have another really worthwhile gag here where he's like, oh, my lips look so pale. I'm going to go get lipstick so I don't look pale. I got to fix my face. And then then Piscopo makes another classic gay joke. And he's like, oh, uh, this one's going <laughs> to stand the test of time. Uh, it landed. <laughs> Piscopo looks at him wearing the lipstick and he goes, oh, mulberry wine. It really brings out your eyes. <laughs> yes. And Which is a fun little replay near the end, too. It is. Uh, so he is now going to. Like, what are they? What are they there for? Her. Uh, so they fudge. do. They go to find her, but I don't know why. But why are they going to see her? What in the world would make her make them think that she had any information? She's the PR she's person. PR person. Yeah, she's not. But whatever. So they do. They assume that she's going to know something, even though she's just the PR person. Never thought of this one. Yeah. So (laughs) whatever they go, it's fine. Um, And so so they go in and Randy's trying to make a run for it. She's like she's packed a bag and she's like trying to get to her car and they catch her just in the nick of time. Bring her back into her house. And they're like, what were you trying to do? Blah, 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 blah. And in the in the meantime, they unpack her bag and find a VHS tape in it. Yeah, that's a good part. Yep. <laughs> and so. And the VHS tape has Vincent Price on it. Bonus. <laughs> it does. So on the tape, we've got Vincent Price, who is uh, Andrew Loudermilk. Is yeah, that the he's name definitely of? Loudermilk. Okay, Andrew Loudermilk is the name of his character. Um, he uh, he's saying his last words to Randy, basically saying that uh, I think. I think he says that she's his daughter. She says, or she she, she says claims that. She's that. His yeah, yeah. They call her bluff later. On. Right. Um, Vincent Price ain't naming his daughter Randy. No, no way. Um, <laughs> so they get interrupted by zombies with machine guns. Happens uh, all the time around this time of year. Yeah, one of those guys looks like straight up like the Night of the Comet zombie, which I thought mm. was kind of cool. Which we almost did. <clears throat> We almost did Night of the Comet. Yeah. And we almost still might. Yeah, I think we probably should. Yeah. Um. So. Roger gets shot a bunch. He bleeds this, this time. <laughs> and this part bothered me, too, because we already saw him in the giant shootout in the beginning, like ducking and covering and, and being good. And in this one, he's just a bullet maggot. Like, <laughs> we know that he's like a tough cop that's been through tons of stuff. And but he just gets shot so many times by just two people in closed quarters. Yeah. And when he gets shot, it's when he's not even ducking for cover. He's just like wide open in the hallway. Yeah. I don't. You can't blame that on his death either because he mentions that he's sharp as ever. Yeah, he's his like, sharp as ever. And kind of sharper than ever even. Yeah. If you will. Like he, he seems like sometimes he's even. Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes. <laughs> hmm. That's a good tagline for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Oh, my God. We get what I love. Is that we have another hiding in the jacuzzi kill, just like Rocktober Blood. Mm-hmm. So in only this, this one, one makes sense because he doesn't need to breathe. <laughs> That's true. So he's like he's hiding in the jacuzzi. He brings the the one of the zombies down and just punches him over and over again, which makes no sense to me because he already knows that this guy is one of the the repeats, just like him. Yep, and he already knows bullets aren't going to affect him. 
but punches, maybe a lot of punches I and think, holding him underwater where you know that you don't need to breathe because you were just there. You were just hiding underwater <laughs> for five minutes. Um, yeah. And then for some reason, the boombox, the old throw the boombox in that hot tub works. Um, electricity brought him to life. Electricity can take him back. Uh, I don't this is know. what I was talking to you about earlier. I feel this movie mm. kind of just makes up its own rules while it goes along sometimes. Because yeah. Yeah, these guys are unstoppable, but oh, if we electrocute them in the tub, unless we stop them, oh, they did. Yeah, and then the other guy, uh, Joe Piscopo, takes an umbrella, a patio umbrella, stabs that through his chest. He falls in the water, and then we see him kind of swim for a little bit and then sink. So apparently, just stabbing somebody with a patio umbrella that <laughs> makes him dead too. And also, not not before Piscopo also punches his dick off. Yeah. We didn't see it fall. We didn't see it fall, but there's an implication that his penis falls off when he punches him. Is there? There's like this weird noise afterwards, and he goes, oh. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> pick up on that. I just... It, because the reason that I thought that Wait, was did because... did it fall out of his pant leg? I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that it made the same sound as when... Uh, the boyfriend from my boyfriend's back's penis fell off. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a, that's almost a throwback to this movie. It's funny you mentioned that. I just watched a movie called All Through the House last night and uh, two penises fell off. My God. It went bump, bump. <laughs> that was kind of the noise that it made. Yeah, there was a lot of them in that movie. And so I kind of assumed that that was what was going on. Even the uh, killer was pissed because his fell off. Jesus. Yeah, everybody's wiener fell off in that movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> Clearly. All through the house. Check out. Ho, ho, horror. Uh, we're going to have to do all Christmas horror movies this year. All, That's all I'm watching right now. We should do all December, all Christmas horror yeah, movies. Yeah, I'm all about it. Awesome. Um, and do one every day. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. I don't have time for that. Um, okay. Nobody got time for that. So the one that Doug kills, I'm going to say in air quotes, the zombie okay. that he puts the... The, the patio furniture through yep he's not dead like he falls into the water he swims a bit but then he sinks it was a death rattle if you say so i I, do i don't see why that would kill him i mean i don't think it's violating their rules i think it's just that he's still alive at the bottom of the pool and he's gonna like walk out later on no it was an 80s death he got stabbed (laughs) through and then he fell off a thing of 10 feet high or more into water that's an 80s death that's right the railing kill yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) the railing kill rule of 1982 (laughs) Don't forget it. I forgot all about that. I believe Chuck Norris passed that at some point. Um, Okay, so... Where are we going? Oh, we learned (laughs) So we walk back in, and the the VHS tape just turns back on instantly as soon as they come in. And uh, and they realize that he's Vincent Loudermilk, and uh, and the, the fake daughter says... Oh, they don't know he's she's a right. fake daughter. <clears throat> but she says Dante Pharmaceutical was his private think tank. If he had anything, if he wanted to know more about butterflies, they'd research butterflies <laughs> for him or whatever the fuck she says. Um, we then go to this weird scene of them researching butterflies. <laughs> I wish I wish that were true. <laughs> uh, and then they drag her along by threatening to throw her in jail because she's their prime suspect. Which is or something all weird. It's yeah. all weird. It's all very very weird. Um, <clears throat> But they find out that we're going to the Chinese restaurant now, right? Well, no, no. I mean, Roger has 10 hours left to live. Yeah. So he has to take a shower. So he goes and takes <laughs> oh, a shower and then up. brushes his hair. And he's like, oh, no, my hair's fallen out. And then we get one of those jump scares. We get a, actually a really good jump scare. Yeah. Well, I paused it, too, to look mm. at it because it looks great. It's beautiful. Yeah, um, he sees himself as a rotting zombie in the mirror. Yep. And it's crazy, too, because it's a full on rotted zombie body cast, not like a makeup thing yep. or anything. 
And it's in the movie for what? A second? Yeah. And it like it fully animated, like the eyes move, like everything moves. It's like it's like so much work for one so second. Much work. Blink if you miss it. Moment. Yeah. Crazy. Another reason that this movie is amazing. Yes. Um, now they go to the Chinese butcher shop. And they, they find out that <laughs> he bought a bunch of the reanimation. Yes, they they, chemical. they found out that this guy I can't remember what, uh, Mister Thule. Mr. Thule. Uh, yes, they they track it to him, and so he's he's been receiving stuff for the pharmaceutical company. So they go to his place, which is a Chinese butcher shop for some reason. Um, and, and they see the uh, it's the butler from a uh, Pee Wee, isn't it? All I know is that it's Sub Zero. That's all that I care about. That's the butler from Pee Wee, I think. Okay, maybe it is, but it is at least, it is 100% Sub-Zero. No, just plain zero. No, just plain zero. <laughs> from Running Man. Uh, and he's butchering up a chicken. He's, it is played by Professor Toturo Tanaka is his name. And he was a wrestler for 10 years, and he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yes. But most notably in fucking Running Man. Oh, my God. And Pee Wee, maybe. And Pee Wee, maybe. I, actually, you know what? I think I did see. I did see him. He's one at Francis's yeah, house. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so Roger is like, "Hey, I'm a cop." To the the threatening guy who's butchering the chicken, and he like shows him his badge, and he just kind of ignores him, and then he <laughs> he chops in, a badge in the him. most insane move ever. He's like. Oh, what do you got there? A bloody butcher block with chicken parts on it? Let me just throw my badge on that. <laughs> so he throws his badge he's on it. He's not worried about salmonella. He's dead. <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, that's true. Flaw solved. <laughs> that's it. They call me the flaw solver. <laughs> so, so he does chop the badge in half. And then Mr. Thule comes out. And, you know, some nonsense dialogue goes through. And then Doug threatens to shoot the henchman. And then right after that, he's like... He does the Dr. Manhattan thing, and he's like, life and death are both expressions of the yeah. same eternal spirit. Let me show you. <laughs> Beep. Yes. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Amazing things. Who fucking um, cares why <laughs> any of this happens? So, Dr. I Thule, don't need a reason not, not a for doctor. all of this stuff to happen. Thule hits a button, which has a uh, Chinese paper lamp over the table converted into a resurrection lightning bolt machine. For the entire room. And it zaps everything in the room back alive, which is filled with dead ducks, dead chickens, pigs, and a liver? <laughs> a sentient liver. A sentient liver. Uh, <laughs> a sentient murderous liver. It's literally <laughs> out for blood. Yep, and that jumps and sticks onto a Treat's face, and he the- can't get this liver off his face. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's, he's incapacitated for the entire fight. By Joe, a liver Pis- stuck Joe Piscobo face. gets attacked by a, a reanimated piglet, yeah. <laughs> which he shoots and sends across the room in the most hilarious way. Yep. He also shoots a quacking duck's head off in a pot of soup. <laughs> this shit happens. This, this part is movie bonkers. Is insane. This this part of this movie is just amazing. The, I've never seen anything even remotely like Name this. Name another movie anything. where every dead creature in a butcher shop comes alive. Oh my god, it's Backing. so good. And then as they're fighting all of this stuff, the, the freezer door gets kicked down and it's just enormous gutted hog with bull. no head. I think it's a bull. It's a bull. I thought it was a giant pig. Like, it's a bull. It's like oh, it's, it's a just cow? got it's like yeah, it's got this Okay, legs yeah, it is a off. giant cow. You're right, you're right. And that thing just comes out walking on its nubs with yep. no head. And, how do you fight this thing? 
Maybe we drown it in A1 sauce. Landed, Joe! <laughs> so uh, so they do fight it, and somehow they beat it. I don't remember Not with how. A1 sauce. Uh, they just kick it over. Uh, Joe grabs it with a meat hook and flips it over. It can't really... Oh, right. It's. It, I mean, even if it's attacking, it can't do much to you. Yeah. It's got no head, no teeth, no nothing. And here's here's my next question. So... If you resurrect something twice, they explode, as we found out at the end. You also they, noticed the, this little <laughs> They were in the same room with that thing. I can't Why solve didn't this he explode? And what did we see melt at the end? Was that the butcher? I, n- they cut to something melting. But then when the butcher got shot, he was like, oh, only one bullet? Not all of them are zombies. Oh, my God. But at the end of the scene, did, we, we oh, see somebody it melting. Was. Yeah, something was dissolving in a pile and of goo. it was goo. not clear. Yeah, it, it didn't have an apron on it, so or it no meat wasn't cleaver him. or anything. Yeah, so it kind of ended awkward. It was, but weird. yeah, we do find out that if you resurrect things twice, they they explode. So by all means, treat should be blowing up. True. Oh well. <laughs> Did you see that cool hog <laughs> and all the animals? Yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely <laughs> so insane. Uh, okay, so uh, she's like, hey. You're hurt. Oh, shoot. And he's like, lady, I'm fucking dead. Lady, I'm fucking dead. That doesn't give you the right to be rude. <laughs> Which, uh, probably the most sparkling dialogue in this whole movie. Because again, Treat gets a meat cleaver through his, yep. making a <laughs> giant Spock sign on his hand. Like, he gets hurt a lot for somebody that's been surviving and really tough in the biz so long. Um, yeah. And now so, he's sharper than ever, dude. Will you chill? <laughs> <laughs> you're the one that played with him with the cord. God, you're right. It's all over now. Hold on one second. Okay, so they they search the place, and they find they find a little zombie duck machine, they find like like a little science project. Yeah. It's like a little miniature resurrection machine, specifically for a single duck head, which I think is great. And he just wants to resurrect a bunch of single duck heads. I I'm with him. Oh yeah, this was the question I wanted to approach at this scene. Why did he have his own resurrection machine in his butcher shop? For this exact reason. Well, no, so that he could get no, away. No, 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 no. He died, although it is common that he made a hell of a diversion. Yeah. <laughs> this seems so weird. Were you planning on resurrecting actual people yourself? On what, just a dingy butcher block in this back room? And you're supposed to be one of the richest people there is? I d- but you just run this dingy, <laughs> tiny butcher dude, shop in Chinatown? I don't Chinatown? know, man. I mean, it's probably just a front, is what I assume, but... I, honestly, I got nothing on this. It's one. one of those. It's one of those scenes where, it, like, it makes zero sense. But what happens in it is so awesome. It's so amazing that who cares? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's fine. Just let it happen, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they're like. And do the other Richers that are in this club have their own machines? Because they they seem to be being introduced to it later on by I, Vincent Price. But hmm. this guy's already got his own custom built one in this tiny butcher mm-hmm. shop room. So, I mean, this I think. In this in this instance, this is one of those like uh, those stereotype type things where it's like, oh, he's the ancient, you know, whatever mysticism of the of Asia of the Orient. He he knew how to do this thing, and they we incorporated this this ancient That's technology. Never whatever. insinuated, no, in but, the least little. But bit. why would he have it? I mean, there's no reason. And also, his thing doesn't really work all that well. You know, it's like. And when they yeah, and also I brought that point up uh, before we started. Uh, they stop this whole animal attack scene by shooting out that lamp, shooting the electric. All right. But like, and then the animals stop being alive. But the other resurrection machine, hmm. it zaps them and then you're alive. You don't just stop yeah. when it 
stops. Maybe it's part one. I don't know. Maybe this is the. It's a it's a, it's a it's resurrection the mini. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like not as good as the real thing. It just kind of like gets the job done for a little bit. So it's it's a when, beta test. When version. you want to have a conversation with your dead friend, you just have to listen to a lot of lightning bolts while you have it. Because once you shut it off, he did. You have to pay the extra ten bucks to unlock the full version, and he was just like, "No, fuck that. I'm it's just like going to keep the demo." Disc demo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, they find a list of recently deceased people. And one of them is Loudermilk. Yep. And so it's a bunch of it's a bunch of names. They identify it as such. And so they're like, OK, cool, because we don't have an Internet yet. Um, let's go to the library and look through the obituary sections of every newspaper. And Joe lands another great joke outside where he's like, oh, library. Never actually been inside one of these places. Actually, that wasn't bad. Uh, <laughs> Never actually seen what it looks like from the inside is what he says. Yes. <laughs> Um, and so he's a lunkhead. He's a lunkhead. He just likes lifting weights. Um, okay. <laughs> so they find out that every one of these people is a rich person with a ton of disposable income. That's the thing that all these names have in common that they've all that they've identified. Wait, I'm instantly confused now. Aren't they finding the names of all the rich people that were there or they're all rich people that recently died yes or who are all those people in the meeting at the end i guess that's not them i guess that's a new crop of people that are being targeted before they die yes okay yeah yeah because the those people must have already so been have they already resurrected all the people in the obituaries they're finding and because they don't find any of these people obviously then maybe that's what's going question. on here that's a good question <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. If anybody has any, uh, I don't answers, actually have call, an answer feel to, free that to call one. in. And yeah, that's weird. Help us out. Um, but just, it's so funny. I never even noticed this until I'm just talking about it. You know? Like, yeah, that's that's absolutely strange. But so if we had to go along with that, that they have resurrected all these people, they are alive now, and that's part of this thing. Then the only uh, then uh, louder makes, milk's on that list, and he's alive. Yeah, and the only thing about it is that it doesn't make any sense. Then why he would be doing the robberies that's even more insane if they've already done this plan where they already have half the fortunes of a list of it looked like i don't know 25 26 people yeah then they don't need louder milk has the fortunes i really think this jewelry heist shit was all body doc side hustle (sighs) jesus christ he's a greedy little weasel he's making bad choices (laughs) so we had this scene if i was involved in this conspiracy (laughs) so i like this scene uh Treat kind of gets bummed out because he's reading all these obituaries and yeah. it finally starts kind of clicking to him. And then he just starts running like this kind of like, like a toddler, like a toddler, like a dainty run. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Piscopo's daintily chasing after him. And then they and then they're just running through the library. They don't go anywhere. And then they just kind of get to an alcove and and Piscopo's like, wow, that was quite the chase. <laughs> what? Piscopo, I'm looking at you. I think you're in better shape than that. I think you can run three rooms without getting out of yeah. breath. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, he's got real, like, Treat Williams had real Steven Seagal arms while he was running, like, that <laughs> floppy, <laughs> the floppy arm run that Steven Seagal made so famous. <clears throat> All right. So, and then, you know, Joe Piscopo comes and he, he cheers him up. They have a brings friend him talk. Right out of it. Yep. The amazing wit and wisdom of Joe Piscopo brings him right back to himself. And so 
so they go back to Becky for some reason. I don't know where this came from, but Becky thinks that she can save him. And this scene is also damn weird, too, because there's this instant jealousy cat fight thing that goes on. She, okay. But it's not like they walked, it's not like they walked in holding hands, or there's no insinuation that they're a couple whatsoever. She has established, I mean, just because she has some good one-liners, like, that she's just going to be snarky about every situation she gets into, regardless of what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, when they were, they just experienced that that whole insane butcher shop thing. Yeah. And then they were, like, trashing the room looking for some sort of evidence. And she was like, imagine how much you could do if you had a, had a search warrant. Yeah. Which what did that even mean? Like they're already doing it. What more would they be doing? No, the, she's just saying you don't have a search warrant. Is the joke is okay? You know, you know, it would be actually legal if you had a search warrant and you could prosecute. So then she's just like not impressed that this other girl's a mortician coroner. Or oh, you, what'd she say? Oh, you're a doctor. That's real impressive. Yeah. What? What did you spend ten years in med school? You dumb dumb. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, not sure. And then they're just, this is the thing that actually kept sticking in my head this whole time. So they're in L.A., right? It looks like. Mm -hmm. They're driving around in their car in L.A. He's got 10 hours to live. Can you fucking imagine (laughs) driving your car in L.A.? He's only got like about 45 minutes of time to do anything because the rest of the time he's just sitting in traffic. Just the amount of time he's like sitting in traffic going, oh my God, I'm going to die in four hours. Fuck. Move. Like that must be unbelievably it like it was really stuck in my head through the whole yeah. movie. It was really and actually added a lot of tension to the whole thing. Um <clears throat> dead heat in real time. <laughs> oh my god, this traffic needs to move. <laughs> and and speaking of which, so it's like it's the middle of the day. It looks like it's like three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, all right, let's go. Let's split up. We'll go check the we'll go check the, the his crypt or whatever. I didn't understand that part. Why didn't Joe go with him? Where did he go? To get back, killed. Back to. Exactly. That's literally the only reason. Yes. They they gave some sort of thing where they were like, oh, you should go check out whatever. I'm like, no, you shouldn't. But <laughs> but they did. And so he, he should have just got like jumped in the graveyard by a by a baddie. And they take him out. That would have made... Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing I was thinking of. Like, I don't yeah. understand why they were splitting up. I don't know. To get killed. <laughs> yeah. In a fish tank. Uh, I need more fish tanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they go to his mausoleum, Randy and Roger. To Loudermilk's <clears throat> mid prices. Yeah. yeah, to Loudermilk's mausoleum. And uh, and he figures out by looking at the, at the, the markings on Loudermilk's crypt... Because every tombstone, if you have a kid, says you have a kid it on it. I mean, it, it kind of makes it sense. Said, it said that he, he leaves his, you know, his beloved wife and nothing else. Yeah. And usually it would say beloved wife and, you know, two children and whatever. And so he's like, ah, you're lying. And she's like, oh, shit, you figured it out. <laughs> um, she could have just said, like, yeah, he, he hated me. <laughs> whatever. But then she's like. Okay, well, I mean, the VHS tape kind of disproves that. <laughs> he didn't get a chance to update the, the tombstone. I've been nagging him for like 23 years. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so she makes up this story that says she met him in a hospital. She was a drug addict, and he wanted to help her out. God, and she just keeps digging that hole deeper. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the detail of being a drug addict is really helpful to selling it, though, because it is really just mm-hmm. like... You know, it's something that you wouldn't normally volunteer. So it seems yeah. seems more realistic. Um, 
So he says that. And then while she's giving her little thing, he goes over and looks at a lamp that's sitting on a table next to the crypt. And inside is a series of numbers. This may be one of the weakest plot points I've ever seen in a movie. Period. Let's break this down. (laughs) Okay. Why? There are numbers that are a secret code that leads to his death solver or leads to who's bringing the bodies back either way the the code leads to body doc who why would he do that he's in cahoots with him he's friends with him why Why is he leaving these clues (laughs) who left it if if louder milk left it louder milk's alive anyway yeah so who left it there why would they do it and (laughs) (laughs) it's broken it's frustrating that that part is broken that part is very frustrating It's like they had to find some way to get him to figure out it was yeah. body doc. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like about five minutes of thought could have gone into something a, a little more better. interesting yeah. than that. But it didn't. So he's like, aha, I figured it out. And so he goes to confront body doc. Uh, body doc is on his license plate. That's why we keep calling him body doc. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, they go back to Randy's house first, though. Where, oh, we gotta find. Yeah, we've gotta find dead Doug. Doug dead. Uh, they're watching DOA, and they're like, "Ha, we get it. We know we ripped this off a little bit." So they're like, "You know, we kind of, kind of." I'm not familiar with that movie, so a uh, guy takes poison. He's living out his last, his last minutes, whatever. And, and he's a tough as nails cop. And he's a tough as nails cop. Yeah, essentially. Is he? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty <laughs> much a very similar kind of story. Uh, and so, are there fish tanks? Uh, everyone drowned in a fish tank. Also, everyone's a zombie. That biker was directly taken from DOA. <laughs> he was the man. <laughs> hey, wait a minute! <laughs> yeah, I was just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so I love the fact that she's so distracted by DOA on the TV. Literally, Piscopo's corpse is upside down in the middle of the room right next to her hey, and she doesn't even see it. She saw an old black and white movie. Those are <laughs> those are fast paced. Those usually suck you in instantly. <laughs> sucks you right in. Uh, so she's she finally turns after the scene ends so that she can she's like, okay. Finish the scene and I you know, I've finished watching this little part and oh hey look, Piscopo. So <laughs> uh, so he's dead, upside down, drowned in a fish tank. Uh, Randy, of course, realizes that it's probably time for a shower since, you know, again, <laughs> someone. <laughs> the next time we see her, she's just sitting in her shower room, which looks like a bathhouse. Can you imagine the conversation prior to this where it's like, hey, um, okay, I know you've got like, I don't know, two hours and 20 minutes left to live. <laughs> but I'm not feeling fresh. I just, I feel like I need a shower. <laughs> I'm kind of running around all day. <laughs> I mean, I can get out of there in 30. I mean, I want to blow dry my hair, minutes. so I'm 45 minutes. I, I kind of smell like dead roast duck. <laughs> yeah, you know, come on, man. Let me, let me take a shower. And somehow he agrees to this. Because um, we don't see any conversation about mentioning showers. It no, just cuts to her in her, to her in giant bathroom wearing a towel. It feels, the other part about this movie that is bizarre is just how it feels like about five days have passed. We're supposed to assume that 10 hours have passed, and it just feels like... Every, I mean, there's no way you could cram all of this shit into a day. It's like there's no. just too much stuff. In L.A. Yeah, I, especially. I also feel like this might have been one of those movies where a lot got cut out. Because mm-hmm. the entire running time is only 86 minutes. 
So it's a tight fucking eighty six, man. Exactly, and it's like I wonder if they chopped it out for pacing. Like I don't know. Do you think Shane Black had anything to do with this? Do you think he had any part of it? I don't know. Because Shane Black's brother wrote it. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh man, maybe this has some like some of that early eighties predator mojo going for it, and maybe that's why it's so good. Um, but either way, uh, so she's she's in the shower. She's like she's out. She's got a towel wrapped around yeah, she's her. She's already showered. And and now she's about to explain that she lied. Oh, she did. <laughs> yes, and she is dead. So she's totally dead. Um and she took the resurrection thing and they said that she'd have a normal lifespan as long as she helped them out. Blah blah blah. And and she realizes that they lied to her too. So this how long has she been dead? That's the problem. I, I and mean, you're, you have a cool theory coming up for the ending, too. So I'm wondering how this fits into that. Like, how long has this promised right. life been? What has been keeping her from not rotting, like, treat? Exactly. Have it's they kind of like something? a weird twist that doesn't really jive. Right. I, th- I mean... You don't see... Like, I mean, and this is another one of those things. They could have solved it with just her, like, sneaking an injection sometime exactly. in the movie. Exactly. Like, all she had to do when animals and shit are wrecking havoc in the chest, just, like, duck in the corner and... Pfft, and it's like, oh, why did she just shoot? We don't know. Yep. And it's but like... But they don't top cover that at all. <laughs> there is a problem with doing that, though, because then, then you open up this whole thing where it's like, well, then... Unless you're like, oh, we've we've ruined the entire supply of it. You have to explain later why mm-hmm. our main characters aren't just taking that to survive longer. But, you know, and there's just a lot of plot crap that has to go with that. And I think it tightens it up a lot. Yep. To just just, Again, just say fuck it. This especially when you're, so, watch, when you're watching so nuts. ridiculous buddy cop action horror. Yeah. Who cares about all these plot points? Right. Like, unless think, you're doing a podcast. Right. I think you're, you're just seeing so much insane stuff that I, I feel like. As soon as you see that butcher scene, it's over. You're just like, I don't need anything okay. explained anymore. I can suspend all disbelief. There is no more We're, we're in bonkers town Yeah, now. we are yep. absolutely 100%. Population, me watching this movie. Cartoon. <laughs> cartoon world. Um, and so this is by far one of the best effects I've ever seen um, where she starts melting. Yes. She basically explains oh, that she's, she's dying. And the first moment, she just like her face just starts sliding. And you're like, oh, she's just kind of doing that with her face because it does not look like a makeup effect. And then you realize it is melting. Totally a makeup effect. It is totally <laughs> a makeup effect and a beautiful one. And and then just... I love how fast the process is. Yeah, goes. it just, it accelerates It's like the lost skeleton. It's just like, <laughs> I sleep now. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> just like everything starts falling off. So arm falls off, like face starts melting, and then she falls over and just like breaks into little pieces head rolls on the ground and apologizes still <laughs> sorry in, without just, vocal cords i just wonder if that lungs. was like a complete we see mm-hmm. the mouth moving like no it was somebody had a hair across their ass that she they this was a very important scene to them where she apologizes with a a, a skull skeleton head yeah where she's just like her head is removed and she's still apologizing. Yep. That was a very important scene to somebody. And no matter how bad that vid- that video composite looked, they were going to fucking go with it. They did yep. not give a shit. Um, which Everything is too bad. looks cool except that composite. It's too bad. It's really too bad. You made like the coolest practical effects ever. And then put some shit video effect over it. Like, it's so why weird. Why would you do that? It's like it had a green screen or a blue screen yeah. or whatever they were doing at the time. And then they forgot to put the 
like they forgot to key the effect in or something. It's like it's just like the blank. It, it's so weird. It's so awful. It's, it's so strange. And it's, it's, it's a, such a clincher to ruin that. <sighs> too, Amazing effects. Too bad. Oh, well. Well, she's dead. And so Roger sitting by the telephone, he goes, wait a minute. Numbers and letters on a telephone. <laughs> Maybe those Maybe. correspond with the letters that I found out that the numbers that were under the lampshade. It's a good thing that that was the first thing he found because he's only got three hours left at this point. So <laughs> it's a damn good thing he unscrambles it this way. So he's like, and he's like, ooh, a crossword puzzle. And starts doing that. Starts too. doing that. <laughs> plays plays an hour and a half of Tetris on his phone. <laughs> Like, oh, fuck. Oh, damn it. Bejeweled. He's not. (laughs) He got me again. Uh, (laughs) So it turns out this is Kolchak's license plate. And uh, he he goes. He doesn't even finish the code, though. Yeah. He He just saw his body. And then he's like instantly like, oh, I know my guy. I know what's going on. Yep. And so he runs in, puts a gun up to Kolchak's head, basically. And Kolchak keeps just being a dick. Oh, yeah. Like the whole time. He's just like, man. Whatever. He's so cocky because he's got so many diamond rings and shit. So cocky. <laughs> Ugh. It's so insane. So. He's got some goons that come in and de-escalate the situation. Yes. And they take Treat outside. And in total Bond villain fashion, he's just like, you're going to be disintegrating soon. I think I'll lock you in this soundproof ambulance. Amazing. <laughs> and lock you to uh, the bed rails. Click. Yep. And y'all disintegrated here in peace. Instead of just... I don't know, locking him in a closet inside where they were. <laughs> we're just cutting his head off and cutting him into little pieces. Except for the fact that to add a little extra cruelty, we find out that what's her nuts, the coroner yeah. has been killed, and she's in in she, the bed yeah. too. She's in there as she's well. She's in the ambulance too. So Treat's not just gonna sit there and disintegrate. Nope. So somehow the keys in the ignition must have just been turned and uh the brake must have just like mm. somehow pressed itself because he puts that ambulance into drive with his foot. Now, yep. if you know anything about cars, even if you just don't even know anything about cars, but you drive one, you know that that stick shift isn't going to turn to drive <laughs> without a key or a, a, pet, a brake pedal down. And I mean, the, the thing about this that's the most insane to me, aside from this, so he... He pulls his he pulls his wrist all the way to the end and like the skin pulls off yeah, his wrist cool. and it's really gross and really really cool effect, but also it's like okay so you're going to endanger hundreds yes. hundreds of people's lives yes you're going to risk he's exploding going to potentially yourself. kill tons of people with this stunt to get free and it's like dude he's a cop you don't feel shit cut your fucking wrist off dum dum yeah like the skin just came right off when you stretched mm-hmm. I bet if you just pulled hard. That hand's going to come right off. And dudes only padlocked the back door. They didn't touch anything in the front yeah, of the fine. ambulance. Yeah. yeah, totally. So the whole scene's just, a, again, this Yeah, it's a little, it's a little much. Because that is, it's crazy. That's like the number of people. There, and he crashes so many cars. Like, it's untold so how many people many he, could, he could kill or injure. Yeah. And then in the end, <laughs> he crashes the ambulance. Yeah, and it explodes. So... It's a Who cool knows? scene, but it when is. you start breaking it down, you're just like, man, you're a terrible cop. Yeah, you're not. I mean, at this point, maybe he's just gone full nihilist. Mm. Um, so, it happens when you die. Yeah. Uh, so another ambulance shows up to take off the <laughs> the survivors or corpses from this this crash. And 
uh, and he pulls himself out of the body bag. He's been body bagged, and now he's looking all Sammy Curd. Oh, yeah. He's got half a burned face. He reminds me of the trickster from uh, Brain Scan, too, the way his hair is slicked back with the half-melt face. He looks great. He barely looks like Treat Williams anymore. No, he looks awesome. Yeah. Um, So a cop is there, and he gets the cop's gun, steals his motorcycle. Oh, he shows him his badge. Yeah, he's like, I'm a cop. Give me your gun, which is which is standard police procedure. Yeah, you just give your gun over if another police officer. If asks. you're a cop and another cop asks for your gun, you give it to him. That's <laughs> police to... etiquette. Yep. <laughs> so now we cut to a meeting of evil rich people gathered around the resurrection machine, and it turns out that Arthur Loudermilk is alive again, and he's like giving his like full on speech to everybody. He's like, "We're rich. God wants us to live forever." You know, here's this thing. When you live forever, you can do stupid things like make up codes in your mausoleum to send people on side quests. Because <laughs> that's something I do now. That's that's my thing. Uh, so, <laughs> whatever. And in another insane move, like this, this movie is just full of people doing shit just because it's cool. Yeah. So the way that Roger gets into the building, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> he's on his motorcycle and he sees a chain across. The preventing him from driving his motorcycle through the door. So he hammers the motorcycle into the chain, which stops his bike and sends him propelled through a glass window where he lands on his ass, skidding across the floor, pulls out his gun and starts shooting at security guards who have also uh, are shooting at him already. Can you imagine their reaction time? So good. He just passed through that window. They already got gun drawn. They're shooting like you would still just be like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) But nope, they're shooting. Yep. And the other thing I thought was interesting about this was that so they have this top secret, like unbelievably like richest people in the world and their security force and all this stuff. And they have monitors that are literally watching that room and they're listening to what they're all saying. (laughs) And it's like, that's weird. But I I also kind of liked it because it's it's a nice, easy way out so that they can be like, oh, yeah, he shot them because he knew that they were in on. See, I wanted to bring that point up, too, because I didn't know, like. Is everybody... This seems like something that not everybody would be in on. This seems like security guards would just be hired help. But True. we got Treat going through the building, just taking people out like Terminator in the police station. Yeah. Like, he's just shooting security guards left and right, but you're a cop, man. Yeah, I. but it's... It is all over for him at this point, and he's just kind of like, you know what? I don't care anymore. All over or not? Those could be innocent dudes that are just like, I'm getting my minimum wage yeah, security exactly. paycheck. Like, oh, I'm getting capped by a dead cop. <laughs> yep. No, I agree. It kind of makes him a shitty person, along with the ambulance stunt. True. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with it. But I think that that I I do think that that was part of the reason that, that you saw the security sh- monitor. Saw with the, the security the volume. monitor. Yep. Because they had that little conversation where they were like, uh, "How you know how many more rich people do you think he's gonna get in on this? We got you know." So they were clearly co-conspirators okay. to a certain amount. Which kind of establishes that anyone in the building, it's everyone nefarious. knows why they're there. Okay. And also you see the cops pulling their gun and shooting him. He, they do a, you know, I think all the cops shoot him first. You know, even though he knows he can't die. Yeah. I think he waits for other people to shoot him and then he Oh, I don't think back. he did, man. Really? No. Oh, oh, that's true. The two he cops. He around the corner. He's... Yeah, yeah, that guy. I swear to God, that guy was innocent. Yes. That yeah. guy, like, that guy looked innocent. He that's just the like... one dude he's sent over from the temp agency. Yeah, he was like. <laughs> he has no clue. Oh, that poor guy, man. <laughs> first night on the job, too. <laughs> He was two weeks from retirement, and it was his first night on the job. <laughs> they have a great they pension They just cram there. every cop cliche into this. Uh, so. 
I'm surprised we didn't get the death sergeant at the end. Like a cutaway shot yelling at them. Like, <laughs> Come back from the dead, you sons of bitches. You can't just trash everything. Then walk off into the afterlife, you son of a... I got my balls in a vice down here and the commissioner's breathing down my neck. Yes. Yep. So, so... Louder Milk has a body in the resurrection machine for demonstration purposes only. Wonder who that is. Who could it possibly be? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Roger is just like murdering everybody. He's yeah. finally gotten in. He gets into the actual meeting room and he's just kind of killing people with impunity. You know, just, yeah. he was like, don't get up. And then some old person gets up and he shoots the old people. <laughs> That's what you get for getting up. He's a shitty person. Yeah, he kind of is. And so there's there's zombie guards in the room. Shoots them, notices that it's not doing much good, electrocutes one, again, kills him with electricity. So. Oh, he, the, the classic 80s, push the guys back against the wires on the wall and watch him go... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, we all got to mention the um the gunfight, too. The oh, invincible soldier gunfight is perfect. That. So he meets one security guard, and he just starts shooting, and that security guard just starts shooting him. They both know they're fine, so they just stand still, pumping round after round into their chest. Until eventually, Treat kicks him into the asphyxiation room, throws a grenade in there, too, for good measure, and hits the door. Like, it's like a triple kill. Yeah, that is that is the most 80s kill. That is like, yeah, triple combo. Yeah. Shoot you, suffocate, blow up. <laughs> it's awesome. So that good. kind of introduces his entrance to the Richards room. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So oh, that's yeah, the way to make an entrance. He blows it up, and then he walks. There's an explosion, explosion. behind him yes, of, like, yes, yeah. all that guy's clothes are just kind of floating down in, like, like, confetti. And he's like, he's the 80s action star. they got to have an explosion behind yeah. him that he don't care about. Pretty great. <laughs> um, so he gets in. After after killing all these guys, uh, McNabb is like, aha, but I have your friend here. But he's been dead for too long, so he's... How long is too long? Because Treat was dead for an hour, they yeah. mentioned. And your brain goes, I think, completely stupid at like six. Yeah, something like that. Don't know. It's the fish tank adds minutes. Yeah, it does. Extra minutes. So he... Uh, this scene made no sense either. He's like, kill him. Why don't you kill that guy? Yeah, kill that guy, will you? And so but he he's goes... he's brain dead. So why would he understand the commands? He knows just enough to, to kill people. <laughs> So he does that, and uh, and he goes and he picks up Treat Williams by the neck, and he's like choking him. Ah, I'm gonna kill you! And then Treat Williams tells him about the good times. He reminds him of all the fun they had in the death day party, in the death day and party, and the lipstick, and it brings out my eyes. Yeah, and so he does that that shtick, and he's like, "Wait, I remember all that," and cures him of his brain death. <laughs> he's, he's totally fine. He's then. totally fine now, and uh, so. Friendship. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so he's back, and uh, yeah, and he goes, he puts he puts him down, and then uh, then Treat is like, hey, why don't you go kill that guy? And so he goes over to kill McNabb. They both kind of come in from both sides, constantly like getting shot by McNabb the whole time. And then he's like, I'm not going to let you guys kill me, and blows his own brains out. This surprised me. Yeah. I thought it was going to be that total that click. Yeah. No way you're taking me out. Yeah. Click. Oh. So. But it sets up for our. Uh... Yeah. So they're they're not not to be dissuaded from killing him. They basically go. All right. Too bad. We're gonna resurrect him. Well, he uh, treat felt cheated. Yeah. Oh yeah. He that's took right. Himself he like, out. So he's like, 
No way, you're not cheating me. So he puts him on the resurrection machine. Bring, Res- <laughs> resurrection him back once. To life. Yeah. This this part bugged me too that there was no gap in the resurrection because like he turned on the machine He's, and there was he lightning. Says the line. And the, he, that's it though. Yeah. Like I I really wanted the lightning bolts to stop for a minute because he yeah. he turns on the machine, resurrects McNabb, the body doc, <clears> and then as the electricity is still going and body doc wakes up, he's like. Yeah, you want to see what happens if you resurrect somebody a second time? Which he has no idea what would happen, but he yeah. seems pretty confident. He's in pretty his, confident. Yeah, uh, he, maybe he figures things out fast, like his ex girlfriend. Yeah. So he hits the button again, and it makes McNabb explode. Like, I think this scene would have flowed so much better if, you know, McNabb was just like, "Oh, where am I? What's going on? You yeah. beep." Yeah. Then again, I agree. But but it doesn't. Yeah, well, so yeah, we have get what you want. <laughs> so we have this explosion. Vincent Price is still alive and he's begging them to save the machine. They turn around and just unload another of their infinite ammo clips into this thing. <laughs> they are big clips to be fair. It is. <laughs> and they just blow the shit out of it. And then it ends with them walking off into the afterlife. And, there's, and there's a very like, is it Greece or is it Greece too? Which one does he fly off into heaven? That's the first one. I think. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, it's a very like it's a very strange ending. And Joe tells a joke that doesn't land. <laughs> the first one, in the, the whole fir- movie. yeah, first joke that doesn't land in the whole movie. He just says like, "Hey, do you think I'm gonna be reincarnated?" <laughs> Treats like I don't know. He's like, "I hope I come back as a girl's bicycle seat." And you're just like, "What? What?" Uh, rough. I mean. <laughs> And that's pretty much the last line of the movie. Why? Well, that's a real. That's a real like, winner to go what? out on. That's another one where it's like, of all all the writers, like somebody needed to punch that. Somebody up needed to fix that. But uh, but that's it, man. Uh, what a movie. Yeah. What a movie. Still, always has been one of my favorites for a really long time. Yep. Still, still in my favorites pile. We had watched it a couple weeks ago, which is what put it in your head. In my head. So, like I said, my, bu- my buddy Matt turned me on this when we were in school. He mentioned that, and I just couldn't believe that I hadn't seen it when I did watch it. Back in 2002. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Great movie. Um, I think we've said all we can about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, legend has it. Oh. <laughs> I read a little anecdotal thing on IMDb yeah. that the producers asked Terry Black for a sequel for the movie. Okay. And he said, but everybody died at the end. And the producer reported, he said, hey, you got a resurrection machine. You figure it out. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course you do. And it almost seemed like they were pl- plotting a sequel um, because remember the coroner said, I think I found a way to yeah, yeah. extend it. Yeah. But then she got killed. Right. So I wonder if they were planning a sequel with her extending them from walking away at the end. Like she, But they killed her. So they were like, no sequel. Well, right. They could resurrect her and then she resurrects them. And well, and it's Everybody a round robin. resurrected. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, God. Anyway, yeah. That's dead heat. That's dead heat. It is fantastic. It is fantastic. Joe Piscopo is perfect. <laughs> he is He is something. Anyway, you can follow us at Funbox Monster Podcast, uh, CoastCityComics.com. Yeah, keep going. And, uh, and at Bad Awkward VHS Fiend. <laughs> I don't get to say my own thing. No, I thought you, I thought you had like eight more no, accounts was, you were going to tease yourself. <laughs> you can say your own. No, you say I am Bad Awkward VHS Fiend. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we got shirts. Yeah, we do. Buy our shirts. Give That's a special the shout out to uh, Bobby Knipe. I hope I'm not butchering your last name, but uh, Bobby from Universe Retro. YouTube yeah, yeah. channel's great. He bought a shirt the other day. Yeah, that was very nice of him. He, yes, list, he, he left wrote me link. saying like, hey, can you send me the link to that shirt? It was great. 
So yeah, thank now you. Now he's and, gonna look cool. And thanks to everybody else who is out there who has bought shirts. Thank you so much. We love you all. And, and if you don't like shirts, we still like you, but we not do. love you. <laughs> it helps us keep doing this because it is kind of expensive to do this silly podcast. It costs me a lot to walk to my buddy's house. It and does. Talk in this mic. It's very difficult. <laughs> Oh boy! All right, thank so, you hey, guys so have much. A happy Thanksgiving. Hey, that's happy not going to date this this episode at all. Not at all. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you later. Peace.